are listening to Spitball with Adri Paul Hope Mellows and Marcus Innuendo Bingo Henson. Hello and welcome to this week 13 episode of Spitball. I'm your host, Adri Borhot Mallows, and joining me as always is my co-host Marcus Innuendo Bingo Henson. How are you, sir? Good. Oh my word. How have we got to week 13 already? I know, it's cray cray. Uh, again, thank you for holding the fort for me last week while I was in bed with a fever. It was a great show, mate. You did me very proud again. Uh, that's no worries, mate. The, the fever went to your head, though, cray cray? Really? Did we just all hear him say that? I think we did. I think it's uh, a bit of the fever and hanging around with Seattle Miss players too much. Join us after this short break for our quick fire roundup of the Week 13 action. Who are you? I don't even know your name. What's your name? Jimmy. Turn around. Let me see your name. Jimmy. Turn around. Let me see your name. T- turn around. I don't know you, bro. You're having one of those days. Hey, baby, you're having one of those days. I say that to say this. If you wouldn't have did what you would have did, then we wouldn't have been where we was at to get what we got. That just don't make no sense, dog. Marcus, put your shoe on. Put it on. Shit. I can't fix with these gloves. I'm a teeth. I think I chipped my tooth. I wish I had some gold so you can buy me some teeth. We start this week's roundup with the NFC North clash between Green Bay and Detroit from Thursday night. And it was the Lions who dominated this game early and by midway through the third quarter, they were up 20-0. to zero. The Lions even managed to force a fumble on the next Green Bay Packers drive, but unfortunately for them, it landed in the end zone and was covered up by Randall Cobb, giving the Packers a nice score. That was just a spot that the Packers needed and they clawed their way back to be trailing only 23-21 late on in the fourth quarter and that is where the action happened. The last play of the game, the Packers thought they'd failed to get the conversion that they needed but oh no, it gets pulled back for a dodgy face mask penalty and the Lions have to defend one more play. You think 60-65 yards of the field to defend, you think they're going to be fine but oh no, somehow Aaron Rodgers escaped the sack and held the ball down the field and Richard Rogers came up with the touchdown grab. Packers won 27 to 23. Next, Atlanta at Tampa Bay. Now, the Bucks defense was aggressive at home, holding the Falcons to two red zone field goals, limiting Atlanta's offensive production. That was vital to this game. James Winston put on a, some tough plays with both his arm and his feet in the fourth quarter to boost the Bucks' chances of reaching this postseason. They win this nice one at home, 23 to 19. Bills versus Texas now in a game that could prove to have big playoff implications come the end of the season. And it was the Bills who took first blood, scoring on a nice little fade pass to Sammy Watkins. He's really starting to come on in recent weeks and they're really looking to get him the ball. Texans managed to level it up at seven apiece and both teams went back and forth with scoring and Dan Carpenter decided today was going to be the day he was going to miss field goals and extra points for the Bills. But luckily in the end, the Bills managed to hold off the Texans and come out with a close win 30 to 21 Jacksonville at Tennessee now AFC slugfest we had here as both defenses 
clearly forgot to show up. Bortles himself had a field day with five touchdowns, and Mario himself had three touchdowns in the air and one 87-yard absolute monster run. Uh, Jaguars had a chance to win with two minutes to go, but Titans turned up with their defense finally just in time to sack Bortles on a crucial fourth down and seal this win. 42-39. to Ravens versus Dolphins now. Much of the first half was about the defense, with neither team managing to score. That is until just under two minutes left in the half when Tannehill hit the young rookie receiver Devontae Parker for a 38-yard touchdown pass, and what a grab it was. It was quickly followed by a tip pick six from Derek Shelby of the Dolphins, making it 15-3 at halftime. Second half was more about the Baltimore defense as they controlled the Dolphins, keeping them to just 61 yards of total offense in the second half. Despite that play from the Ravens, defense though they just didn't have enough with Matt Sharp at quarterback and the other weapons they don't have on the offense Dolphins win 15 to 13 Kansas City at Oakland and Kansas City's defense turned up the heat on Oakland forcing three interceptions and three fumbles to completely shake up the AFC West 20 points in the fourth quarter all off interceptions for KC meant that they could keep striding forward however the KC offense is still looking average at best but wins get you into January wild cards and six straight wins for the Chiefs will do just that. Kansas City win this 34-20. Cincinnati versus Cleveland now in this game was just a blowout from the start. AJ Green got left wide open during his touchdown reception for the Bengals and other than that, I really can't think of a lot to say about this game other than Bengals won 37-3. Denver at San Diego. A relatively quiet day points-wise in this AFC West matchup. However, Brock Osweiler now progresses to 3-0 as a starter. Give him credit as Denver is looking resurgent under him. However, it's that number one ranked defense which is helping him out. Chargers had a day to forget. Just literally sitting awfully now. Number one draft pick they're going for. But Denver win this one 17-3. to 49ers versus Dog Bears. Ah! And this was another game that kickers would want to forget as Robbie Gould of the Chicago Bears missed an extra point and two field goals including what would have been the game winner at the end of regulation. Into overtime and for those who have been doubting Blaine Gabbert, myself included, he came out with a monster pass to Torrey Smith who took it all the way to the house for a walk-off touchdown. 49ers won this one 26-20. Philadelphia at New England and New England ran out early to a 14-point lead. However, special teams are picked six, Darren Sproul's punt return and some Philly magic on offense mean that they actually returned with 35 unanswered points. Woo! Bet Bilicek wasn't happy about that. But then after a few trick plays, one of which we saw Danny Amendola throwing a pass to Tom Brady, and Patriots drew it back to within seven with touchdowns to Scott Chandler and Tom Brady running it himself and recovering an onside kick in the process. However, some will say that the Pats are without key additions on offense and this hindered them, but hey, Eagles hold on to that well-needed victory. They win this 35 to 28. We move on to Seattle versus Minnesota now in what could be a potential playoff game in a few short weeks. The Vikings will be hoping they manage to avoid the Seahawks though if this performance is anything to go by. Seahawks defense just locked down Adrian Peterson and the Vikings run game forcing Teddy Bridgewater to try and win the game. Unfortunately for the Vikings they don't have what it takes to play that kind of game at the moment whereas the Seahawks passing game on the other hand looked fluid. Wilson found both Baldwin and Lockett quite often. Seahawks were just too much for the Vikings this week and they came away with a 38-7. Seven win. 
Carolina at New Orleans now, and Carolina survived a bit of a scare in New Orleans as a shootout came up close to an upset. Cam Newton threw five touchdown passes to aid Carolina, but a sloppy showing by a usually impressive defense for the Panthers. However, you got to credit the Saints' offense. They found their form again after getting stuffed last week. However, with a defense that bad, they're just going to have no chance to stay in these type of games. Carolina survived this one, 41-38. to the battle of MetLife now and two veteran quarterbacks took to the field in Ryan Fitzpatrick for the Jets and our old friend Eli Manning for the Giants. It was Eli and the Giants who looked good early and Odell Beckham Jr. made one of his trademark one-handed catches which I'll put in the show notes just exquisite. Back to the game now and this one turned in the fourth quarter with the Giants up 20-10. to Instead of kicking a field goal to go up 23-10 they went for it on fourth down and good old Eli threw an interception. Momentum shift helped the Jets bring it back to 20 all at the end of regulation and they went on to kick a field goal in over time on their first possession. With the new rules of course it means the game wasn't over and the Giants had one last chance to win the game but they just came up short and couldn't get it done. Jets win 23-20. to Indianapolis at Pittsburgh now and Steelers made a strong bid for the playoffs as Big Ben ran the offense to perfection while the Steelers defense rose to the glory days of old with a second half shutout. For the Colts really it's about Hasselbeck just struggled and, and when your running back is your top receiver with 49 yards you know your air game is struggling. Colts just seem to have lack any sort of real fighting spirit to this and Steelers seem to win on all three faces of the ball. Pittsburgh win this comfortably 45 to 10. A little NFC West action now as the Rams entertain the Cardinals in St. Louis. The Rams defense put on a strong front for the first couple of quarters and held the Cardinals to just 10 points despite spending a lot of time on the field. Unfortunately for the Rams in the end in the second half, that defense was just too worn out from being on the field for so long, couldn't keep the fight alive and the Cardinals ran away with the game 27-3. Dallas at Washington. A quiet Monday night game this was with the scores 9-9 with 1 minute 40 left until Sean Jackson decides to fumble a punt return deep in his own territory. This gives Cowboys a 16-9 lead. However, a catch by Sean Jackson made up for that. A 30-yard one at that for that fumble. However, the kickoff was returned really nicely by the Cowboys and they got in range for a Dan Bailey score. 54-yard winning field goal to win this game. That keeps them nice and tight within the NFC East and they win this one 19-10. 16. The Super Bowl is defined by spectacular plays, and those that have the longest staying power are often the longest runs. From time to time, for some teams, lightning strikes twice. He's gone! He's gone! Touchdown! He'll hand off to Smith. Timmy as time passes, those plays and players grow in stature. Throughout Super Bowl history, familiar faces have risen to the moment. Even if it means rising and running in the opposite direction. Now, with another super stage on the verge of being set, who will join them in a run for immortality? You are listening to Spit 
football. We come on now to our weekly musings from the week 13 action. And the first thing I actually want to bring up is something I think you neglected to mention in one of your game reviews there, young squire. And that is in the Saints versus Panthers game, we saw the first ever blocked extra point returned for a two-point conversion, which is a new rule in addition to the kick being moved back to the 15-yard line this year. What do you think of that new rule? Do you think it brings that extra excitement with the kick being moved back to the 15 and the fact that you can now run extra point attempts back for the two-point conversion? I'm not a big fan of like killing off a play and calling it dead without actually really necessarily doing so. Of course, when you kick a ball, if it's blocked, that ball should still be live. I mean, effectively, you've made the effort to block it. Okay, now stopping the other team from making a point, great. How about the fact that we can create a giant momentum swing with two points of our own? See, that's just, just levels it up for me, and that puts edge of seat stuff. And I think the NFL, if it wants to keep up going, it's just got to keep into that market where people just want every single play to be exciting. They don't want an extra point to be the time when they know they can go up, get a beer because it's going to be extra point, and then we're going to go into an advert break. Yeah, and the thing about it this week was that not only did they miss the extra point, but the two points being scored meant that it was then a field goal between the two teams, meaning that Carolina would obviously have to be more attacking because it wasn't just a, a one-point game where anything can happen. So a really great addition to the rule set there. And another thing I want to come on to this week, Marcus, is touchdown celebrations now I've always been a little bit torn about this one because part of me wants to see them just do the Barry Sanders as I mentioned before and now on the show and just flip it back to the ref but at the same time I'm thinking to myself or the more I think about it as long as it's not direct taunting of the opposition just let them celebrate what saith thou I understand what it is because it's just this this, this sportsmanship and it's that act of trying to project a good image to the next generation coming up. Going back to the Panthers game, the referee had the ball and rather than give it to Cam where we know he goes and finds a kid in the crowd and gives it to them, he just threw it straight back to the ball boy. So, so Cam went, got it from the ball boy. Ball boy just was happy to give it the ball back to Cam and let him do his thing because it's not hurting anyone. And it's not taunting the opposition. You know, it's celebrating football for what it is. I'm going to share this excitement, this joy with this football and give it to a youngster who might use this to start their own football dream. That's it, exactly. And I think the reason that prompted this question, of course, was Antonio Brown's celebration this week <laughs> against the Colts. <laughs> the fact that he's still running at nearly full tilt when he jumped up and straddles the goalpost is just incredible. My one has to be the reaction of the security uh, woman standing right behind the goalpost. She's watching the crowd and then suddenly, what? Someone has jumped on her because <laughs> his, his legs come around, his arm comes around just to try and grab purchase on the, on the big foam padding. Just grabs a whole fistful of her and she just freaks out. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit of her hair, wasn't it? And then he kind of realised and then let go, which I think is why he falls the way he does. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that one ain't going to hurt anyone. The game is pretty much over. I mean, it was, what, three minutes left of the game when he scored? It wasn't long. You could see it actually in this week's blog. So I'll put a link to the blog where you can actually go and see the uh, replay of this uh, celebration from Antonio Brown. But we'll move on from that anyway. And uh, of course, if everyone out there wants to let us know what they think about touchdown celebrations, remember... Hey guys, if you want to get a hold of Audrey or Marcus, send them an email at ballhawksnest at gmail.com. But what have you been musing about this week, Marcus? Each year, around about this time, and I know it's going to grab some people who have listened to us for a while, but we need to shake up the playoff system because we're going to have potentially teams with losing records going into the playoffs and it just that just sucks it does but you know how i feel about this if they win their division even if they've got a losing record 
they still deserve to be in the playoffs because everyone in the NFL designs their teams around beating the teams in their division because you have to play them twice. What with the, the standard of players we have coming out of college, there's so many players coming out of college, I just feel sometimes, I mean, you look right now, AFC South, you've got Colts 6-6, six and six, Texans 6-6. Six and six. Those guys are going to play each other again some more. There's a couple of division. I mean, there's some divisional games this weekend, I think. Uh, we've got Colts, Jags, and I think it's Houston um, Titans. So, effectively, we could go 7-6. and six. Uh, We could have a lot of stuff that go wrong. But NFC East, with we've got Redskins, Giants, Eagles, all on 5-7, and seven, and Cowboys on 4-8, and eight, who are not mathematically out of this, and they really should be. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, they're going to come but back I mean, and win again, that division. Remember what I said a couple of weeks oh, ago? Don't say that. They're going to come no, back and win that division. Don't say that. Don't say that. Although, you know, Kansas are on a six game winning streak. No, I'm not even going to think about that. No, I like to see the best slugging out. And I know sometimes in competition state, shouldn't we be putting our best forward? Because I know the division system is there to try and create this fairness. And the idea is that pitting teams against other divisions, strengths, weaknesses, there's a strength of schedule. I, I would love to see um, someone like, you know, you said uh, earlier with Minnesota, eight and four, playing Seahawks, seven and five. You know, they're probably going to finish the season sort of maybe uh, nine and six Seahawks. I can see them doing it. Uh, or they could even go 10, six. I could definitely see that. Uh, same again, what's called, I could see the, the Minnesota, there's a couple wins left in their schedule. They're probably going to get to double digits. I love to see that. They're two strong teams going against each other. And I'd love to see teams rewarded for their great season. You know, you have a team, there's going to be a team this year who's going to get double digit wins and not get to the playoffs and it's going to suck. It is, but that's that's the nature of the beast. And I know we can argue about that until we're both blue in the face. But instead, I'm going to kind of leave that one there and throw it out to the audience at the same time. So if you want to let us know what you think about that, remember you can tweet us at BallHawksNest, at Adrian Mallows, and at Marcus underscore Nuendo. If you agree with me, let me know. Team Adri versus Team Marcus. Hashtag Team Adri, hashtag Team Marcus. Let us know which side of the fence yeah. you're on. There you go. Get in there with some of that hashtag action. Just quickly then to finish <laughs> off, um, Patriots, back-to-back losses. Will their slide continue even though they have the easiest schedule between now and the end of the season? There is a curse that once you break your unbeaten streak, you suffer back-to-back losses. Bengals suffered back-to-back losses. Uh, Broncos suffered back-to-back losses. Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay. And now Patriots, back-to-back losses. There is a system here. However, we saw that Bengals could stop the rot. So it, it depends. Um, Patriots, again, I, you know, I'm going to sympathise with all, all the um, Patriot fans who are going to sit there and go, we got no Gronk, we got no uh, uh, Edelman. Uh, but, but you have the greatest quarterback to ever play the game and one of the best coaches to ever coach in the league. So really, that's you've won the- Super Bowls with less talent before, so grow up. It's, it's not just that. I mean, the, the fact is really what the weakness is, is Brady got sacked five times and he got hit 13 times. So it doesn't matter if you had God Almighty sitting there playing wide receiver for you. He, if he can't throw the ball because he's on his ass, he can't throw the ball. Well, here's the real weakness. It's the spines of the Pats fans. They just need to stand up, be men and say, you know what? We lost fair and square. <laughs> at, I've just only seen they're actually at Houston this week so actually yeah they could stop the rock yeah exactly there you go so with that we will move on oh y'all want the play okay here we go we've got gun hulk left slot dixie left key left mercedes wide chip ricky zebra left 75 katie omaha quick go we come on now to our 
and of course our impact players so Marcus because you held the fort for me so aptly last week I'm going to let you go first this week even though that's normally a curse when I do that (laughs) (laughs) what would you like first my friend a swing or an impact player I'm going to leave it totally to you okay heads tails Okay, cool. So I'm going to start off with an impact player. And my impact player this week goes to Russell Wilson, quarterback for Seattle Seahawks. Man, what a game he had. Um, 21 of 27 for 274 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Don't forget this guy can run because he had nine runs, 51 yards and a touchdown. And those stats are great for me. What it is is when he finds time to sort of to make that play the third down when they need the conversion putting on the jets finding plays with his feet and really the resurgence of the fact that the way he's managed to actually control the offense uh with the likes he's got baldwin's just come on lockett has just gone on he's found ways to just ignite that offense kind of like we say with brady he just finds people you don't really think about as the big stars he hasn't got an antonio brown there there's no jimmy graham he's he's out there's there's no antonio brown there's no like megatron there but he's doing it because he's got the talent to actually make that offense good and that's why he's my impact player this week my impact player is gonna get me in a whole lot of trouble with the producer because he'll see it as a cop-out but you know what i figure especially this week more than any other week we need to show some love to a particular unit a third phase of the game and that is the special teams units and i've kind of included the defense as well but special teams for the eagles are my impact this week because against the New England Patriots they blocked a punt and returned it for a touchdown they had an 83 yard punt return for a touchdown and you know what you can't forget that defense with a 100 yard interception return from Malcolm Jenkins so I think all in all the way they played against the Pats just shows exactly why special teams is so important, especially in the big games. And that's why they're my impact players. No, you know, I completely agree with that because, you know, it is that sort of phase where you always think of the, the uh, special teams as sort of the second stringers. But you know what? That's an important phase of the game. Indeed. So shall we move on to our... Absolutely. But this time I'm going to actually return service and give you the serve on the... Foot fault. You need to serve again. (laughs) 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 Oh my word. What are we doing? I've got no idea. Let's maybe move back to the foosball. So this week, my is Pittsburgh over Cincinnati, 60-40. to We're talking by about seven points, uh, maybe a couple more, but I can really feel that Pittsburgh vibe, and I think they're going to A, beat Cincinnati, and B, sneak into the playoffs. They are my... That's a nice one. I like that one. Well, my is going to be down south in Carolina, where they're going to entertain the Atlanta Falcons. And you know what? I think after the scare they got at New Orleans, they're going to want to smash Atlanta into the turf. So they will give them an absolute hiding. We're talking sort of 70, 30. This is going to be embarrassing, like 30 points to three, 30 points to 10, something like that. Kind of like the, the Pittsburgh versus Colts score of this week. It's going to be messy. If you've got Cam Newton in your fantasy team, it'll throw five touchdowns again. It's going to be great. So as I've got Matt Ryan, are you saying I shouldn't start him? Uh, no, because he's going to have at least one pick six and maybe another fumble. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I've already seen the future. It's going to happen. 
Fair enough. <laughs> well, there is another way for me to win this week because I have a certain co-host who, if he lets me win, I stand an outside chance of getting into the playoffs. Ponder that oh. one. <laughs> no <laughs> pressure on the loss there, Marcus. Wink, wink. No pressure there. If wink, you want to wink, sit, wink, everyone. Wink. And, uh, <laughs> by the way, folks, if suddenly next week I'm replaced with uh, a new co-host called Manuel... You'll, you'll know why. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. you got to take one for the team. you got to let the boss win. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it. It's captured on radio. Spamhead Productions are a small, independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spamhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spamheadproductions.com. Weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. Well, that wraps it up from us for another week. All that remains is for me to thank our producer, Mark Taylor from Spamhead Productions. Also, as always, a big thank you to my amazing co host, young Marcus. No, it's not Marcus, it's Manuel. Uh, well, maybe next week it is. I thought we established that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been a been amazing mate uh yeah good fun and i hope to see you all next week viewers listeners sorry <laughs> yeah hashtag save marcus <laughs> <laughs> anyway don't forget we are downloadable on itunes you can get in touch with us at adri mallows at bullhawks nest and at marcus underscore innuendo and remember... Hey guys, if you want to get a hold of Audrey or Marcus, send them an email at ballhawksnest at gmail.com. Until next time, football fans, stay safe, take care, and thanks for stopping by. Bye.